narrative is made possible by viewers like you. You too can support our independent journalism by going to www.patreon.com forward slash narrative. How are you, everybody? We're so late on the show, and I apologize for that. Rachel Bittercoffer is here. How are you, Rachel? I'm here. That was very inspirational. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, we needed that today. I like your get-up today. Up. I like your hoodie. It's very nice. Yeah, I'm dying from grass pollen. Like, my whole face, my eyes are swollen almost shut, as you can see, and that's when they're doing well. <laughs> well I don't we know can, why we can still see you. Me. I'm good to nature, and I like nature a lot, you know? Like this will happen to me even if I never went outside. I could stay in my house. These commercials you see on TV, total bullshit about allergies. This idea that they can hold these allergies back. I'm on every drug that they make and look at me, guys. <laughs> Maybe that's a problem with all the drugs you're taking. Maybe you should just lay off that and, and you might not have the allergies. No. Um, did you hear the news uh, since yeah. last week? Eric Garland has been officially sanctioned by the Russian government. He's amongst the. Oh, have you really? Yeah. I'm so jealous about that. I was too. I was too. I must admit, it was a little much. I was like, oh, I feel like it's a lifetime list item right there, Eric. Congrats, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Fuck those guys. So, yeah. He's in good company, actually. You've got a bunch of good friends, famous people in that list. So, well, there's another. I'm a little jealous of that. How am I going to get. And Putin to sanction me, dude. It's a badge of honor few of us can get, you know, but I'm, I'm going to try. Yeah, there's there's a way to do it. I'm going to well try. Well done, man. Golf clap. <laughs> there's some stuff I can tell you about. There's some stuff that'll come out in a while. Oh. Ooh, Ooh. I like, I like it. We need um, these little things this week since it's been just god awful. It has been a god awful week. I mean, we have been all living through trauma in a way that, you know, no one should ever have to live through. Obviously, not as badly as the families of in this community in Texas. But, you know, what we're finding out tonight is adding to the trauma levels of the past yeah. week because there is so much new information about what the police department there didn't do. You know, 90 minutes that the, yeah. the shooter drove into a ditch. He pulled up at around 11.30 and it wasn't until almost after one. Eric, can you just say something? And then I'm just going to try to pull up the right things here. I didn't- so apparently uh, the NBC reports most recently that the federal agents who apparently from the Border Patrol who actually rushed in to take down the shooter did so after uh, many, many minutes of being told not to intervene. So there's yeah. uh, we were talking about this on the show last night about how there there's some similarities to Parkland where there were law enforcement officers or as they liked us to call them, uh, good guys <laughs> with guns supposedly good guys on the scene who just couldn't figure out the keys or something. There was 19 people standing outside in the passageway waiting to get in. They could have at any point broken in during that 19 minutes and they chose not to. Apparently the police department spokesperson there today said that they decided to go from an active shooter situation to a different status. I can't remember the exact titling, but it basically said that they were going to try and negotiate with this guy who was in there with an AR-15 and with, you know, children who are still alive, children who are still calling a 911 from the classroom. 
uh, asking the police to step in, asking them begging to do something. for their lives, He's begging for their lives. Quite stunning, really, when you think about the, the extent of all of this. It was really an incredibly difficult series of events. And what we heard today from the police department was just even more shocking because not only did it take 90 minutes for them to take him down, there was about 40 minutes or an hour where they were just standing outside the building. And, uh, you know, outside that building, there were parents who were being frantically trying to get their kids out. I want to play some video from that because this is going to be very hard to watch, but it's necessary viewing. I really think people need to understand what happened there because we're going to find out over the long term here. There's two pieces of tape I want to show you, both of them parents outside freaking out about where the kids are and why they are not being allowed access. These cops are right here. Bro, there's a fucking shooting at the school and these fucking cops are telling everybody to leave, do well. Everybody's here trying to pick up their fucking kids. They're saying that the shooter's in a new building. I don't know if they had a new building. Like, if they got a shot, shoot them or something, fuck. Look, they're just all fucking parked and outside, man. They need to go in there. Look at that shit, bro. They're all in there. The cops ain't doing shit but standing outside. All the kids are inside the fucking school and they're fucking, they're just standing. They're fucking parked. Oh my God. And all the parents are going to go in. They, they. That. Like our kids are there, man. My son's right there. It's a, it's cover. All the parents are going to the front. All the parents are going to the front. All the parents are going to the front. Just shoot them already. Shit. Man, y'all can't be like that, man. Y'all can't be like that when there's people. Yes, I do. Get across the street. Because I'm having to deal with you. Get across the street. You know that there are kids, right? They're little kids. They don't know how to defend themselves. Six-year-old kids in there. They don't know how to defend themselves from a shooter. Have you checked the teacher? They're letting the kids out over there. There's another tape. Get rock on his butt on, look! Where's the 
This is the one parent who says she was handcuffed by the police. Some of the parents were armed. They could have gone in themselves, but they were not allowed to. So I mean, these are harrowing images, of course, and I don't understand how nothing was being done inside the school. There were 19 officers inside the school. Nothing was being done. There were parents outside who could have gone in with weapons and they were not allowed. They were held back. And, you know, by all rights, they have a right to go in there and find their kids and, and save them. I mean, it just seems like the obvious thing that they could be allowed to do and then weren't even allowed to do that. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Well, I mean, in lieu of police going in, you know, obviously if there's no police and that's not an option. You want parents the police with handguns, questionable training, going in and trying to do something. Right. Mm, but when there's a whole SWAT team sitting there, I mean, for shit's sake, when we first saw the video leak of the people outside and that, you know, it was speculated that there had been a delay in the response, like it was one thing. And But to know the context now, to know this is about an hour long, to know that he was outside of the school for 10 minutes before he ever even opened a door and just the school remained unlocked, that there was no police response like here if something happens close to the school they lock the school down immediately and i don't understand how he had time to enter the school if there was a 10 minute gap that's i mean to me the, if i was a parent that's the question i'm you know what was interesting about the opening the door was opened about a minute before he arrived by a teacher it was propped open by a teacher a minute before he drove up to the school, which I did not understand that as a coincidence. I just can't believe that. So um, check out who we just saw in the video. We saw Texas State Police. We saw U.S. Marshals. Those are federal agents. We saw local police. We saw local sheriffs. Now, I just want to open the door to something, and it's about time. I mean, we've got some compromised police departments, and we're about to... You know, when we get to the January 6th stuff and other assorted prosecutions, you know, we're going to be opening, you know, the party's over for a lot of mobsters and uh, agents of foreign powers. That's just how it's going to be. And some of those that are on the payroll of some bad guys, uh, we've got some compromised police departments, sheriff's departments and uh, federal agents. You know, uh, it's just a fact of life here. And we're, you know, that amount of manpower there, more concerned about keeping the parents from doing something. I mean, let's talk about this 90 minutes. Somebody with a Daniel Defense tactical rifle. That is not your average. That ain't even your average, you know, Bushmaster M4 AR-15 type. That is a luxury full military specs kind of weapon. You know, I was looking coordinated. This is it looking does, coordinated. It, it, it does look this a is an operation. So I want to show Better you a couple now. of things. And there's a lot to show you tonight. So it might be a lot of me just explaining some things to you. But I, there was a series of tweets sent out by a former prosecutor from that Uvalde area. She says, as, as an ex-prosecutor for Uvalde, I can say based on my past interactions with Uvalde PD, you will never know the truth about what went down in that school until every inch of videotape is released to the press. She goes on to say... 
Well, we found out the truth today. It was ugly. If it weren't for the press and social media, we would not know the truth today. Someone needs to get to the police chief out in front of the press to answer questions as to why 19 officers allowed these kids to bleed out. So many scapegoats for Evaldi's massacre. Abbott scapegoated the mentally ill. Uvalde PD scapegoats the school police. Anyone who says that good people with guns will stop bad people with guns is incorrect. You had 19 officers simply paralyzed into impotence as these kids bled out. Yes, and Ken Delanian from NBC called it a tragic miscalculation. Which yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of that. This is not a miscalculation. This, when you look at this timeline, nah. it is, you know what those, the parents were being held back there at exactly the same time those kids were being held back there? Some kids were escaping. It was the sheriff's deputies at around noon, the Texas state trooper Juan Moldonado, who lives in Uvalde, said he and others entered the school building where the shooting took place and broke windows to rescue children from classrooms, their children from classrooms. Here are pictures of their children escaping from the classroom. Somehow there were people who worked for the Texas state trooper who, who was able to find a way to get into a window there and to get some of these students out. Meanwhile, there were 19 officers in a passageway outside of the classroom where the shooter was and where the teacher was calling 911 and the kids were calling 911 and they weren't entering the room because they didn't have the right key. They had to wait an hour to get the key from the principal. There's something very wrong with all of this. There's just something that does not, a lot of this, it does not compute. But the fact that there were some students escaped who had escaped who were, you know, with Texas State Trooper kids, they found the time to do that. So what happened? How did that happen? We were talking last night, Zev, and uh, Rachel, you might not have caught it, but we were talking about other shooting incidents of this level of intensity, the Las Vegas massacre at the MGM Casino, where the story didn't line up and where the guards apparently were asleep and the video just happened to not have worked in the hallways uh, where the logistics of moving the weaponry and the ammunition would have happened. And you get Parkland in Florida, Stoneman Douglas High School, where, you know, the sheriff's office is controlled by an ally of Roger Stone's, who employs one of Roger Stone's relatives. And there... The kid got in while there were armed guards right outside who kind of hung out for a while while there's military materiel being deployed against children. A lot of these are starting to look very organized. Mm -hmm. And again, we have to look at just for one thing. Yeah. But, you know, I want to know how many of y'all bought Pegasus software from NSO Group, for example. How many law enforcement agencies, because we had a situation in Missouri here, you know, uh, the situation with children here I've been tracking. We have a juvenile officer who was just indicted by the feds yesterday for child sex trafficking. And he's been working for the courts for 30 years. Isn't that interesting? How many law enforcement agencies? Yeah, what you're saying is really serious, Eric. I mean, you know, these are very serious allegations that that we're beginning to see a pattern here. You know, we might be seeing something that looks coordinated or at least. I mean, I'm going to just go and throw a bunch of cold water on the coordination idea. I mean, what? I don't get what you guys are arguing. Are you arguing like there's a conspiracy behind the shootings themselves or the police response or what? Well, certainly around Vegas, there was a conspiracy. I mean, in my investigation around Vegas, it seems like we never will find the truth in that because it just involves a lot of organized criminal activity that it's just never going to come out. And, you know, I believe that that to be the case around Vegas. And those 58 people that died would not, we'll never know. Now, 
I mean, Parkland, I we like, know that there was not a conspiracy, but there was a delay. And that there was certainly a lot of questions around, as Eric points out, between, you know, Roger Stone's connection to people there and others. So it's possible that Parkland is also the Pulse nightclub shooting. Remember that one that also had a very similar and unusual delay that no one could quite figure out. It took almost an hour, I think, for everyone to get people out of the Pulse nightclub and to find the shooter there. I mean, I, so to me, I'm going to say this. I don't think there's a conspiracy in the delay. I think what you're seeing here is the reality of the good guy with a gun thesis, okay? The good guy with a gun, the protective measures, the security shit, all this stuff the Republican Party has used to keep us from talking about sensible rules as to who can access firearms and when and how and how much, right? All the other shit is just candy dressing. And the reason you see no footage here and there's, you know, a bunch of incompetent boob cops in the middle of rural Texas who'd have all the equipment, but none of the cojones were training to use the equipment to go and face a guy they know is outgunning and outarming them personally, right? So, you know, to me, it underscores the end of the fucking day. You cannot fortify schools. You cannot fortify a process. Can't train teachers or children or arm them. And every time we talk about that shit, all we're doing is helping a Republican party. The end of the day, all these idiosyncrasies, which is to me the much more likely hypothesis than thinking there's nefariousness beyond the individual shooters doing the crimes. It is that you can't security your way into a safe environment in a free country. So as long as the weapons remain unregulated, as long as an 18-year-old kid can on an impulse amass an arsenal within a week, Nobody calls anybody. There's no ATF trigger when some dumb shit who's never owned a gun buys two AR-15s and 386 you know, rounds of bullets. Those are the things that I think we should be focusing on. But, but I just showed you that. I don't think that they're tweet. mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's true. They're not mutually exclusive because what you're saying, everything you're saying about the mythology is true. This whole good guy with a gun thing was is a distraction to cover for these events. And, you know... The, I mean, I've done a lot of policy analysis on this over the years. The prevalence of guns equals more gun violence. Duh. They're around. They're, what do they do? They're not soup spoons. They're there to kill people. You have more people killing things around, more people die from them. It's really easy and it's not really up for debate. Most of the gun control debate is specious and especially specious on behalf of the NRA who let us loop back laundered Russian mafia cash into the 2016 election to get Donald Trump elected. So, you know, where people are covering the quotes from the NRA, I mean, they're villains, they're traitors. You know, their lot is entirely set. Their destiny is, you know, we'll see what ultimately happens to them in terms of uh, judicial punishment here. But look, these are some of the worst people in history. There's no question around that. That said, I don't think that necessarily excludes the notion that we've got, you've got some very concerning behaviors around some of these mass shootings and some of the timing is sometimes suspect. And if it were intended to be a domestic terrorism tool to psychologically, you know, uh, harm Americans and keep us from having a dialogue about something that's important, if it were, it's pretty effective. I'm not saying it is. But it's pretty. What did you what did you think of this comment from Sarah Spector, who says, you know, as an ex prosecutor for Rivaldi, she could say that in past interactions, you'll never know the truth about what went down in that school until every inch of videotape is released to the press. She sounds like she knows what she's talking about. She sounds legit. That's who she really is. She's talking about they 
fucked it all up and they're incompetent boobs, okay? They broke all their procedures, obviously screwed the pooch. And so what she's saying is, well, if we want to put sunlight on what happened and how bad they screwed the pooch, they're going to hide it. But she's not talking about some kind of inside job where they picked this school and that police department delayed the response to enhance the violence. Like, I mean, if that's what we're talking about, that to me is some crazy shit, dude. And we're not saying that definitively. I'm saying that, that it's something that we need to look at because at the end of the day, you know, if, if we can't take that possibility off the table. I would say that. You've got so much going on here. An attempted shooting by two kids at a school nearby in the same town, which landed up, was planned, by the way, for April 2022, last month, by two other students. They had been apprehended. They've all gone to jail, whatever. And they started planning this two years ago. I just find that the likelihood of a small town like that having two shooter attacks being planned within a month of each other that seems a little unusual to me these comments by the prosecutor that is a concern and then you've got people like the state trooper who was able to go in and get his kids by breaking through the window while the other policeman was standing outside in waiting for the key which didn't show up for an hour how does the headmaster of a school not have the master key within an hour's reach and where was the police officer that was meant to be there that morning you know he drove right past the guy there was 12 minutes before the shooter from the car, which he veered off the road in spectacular fashion and then shot at two people across the street. They called 911 right away, but police didn't show up until the shooter was well inside the building. So it's a long time. This is a small town. The police are a mile away. They've got a whole unit there designed to respond to these things, a SWAT team designed to respond to these things. And they were not ready. They were not available. I mean, those things are very challenging situations. You've got to ask questions about why those things are the way they are. Otherwise, we're... Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I mean, we deserve answers, too, as to why those things were not done, right? I mean, it's a total failure at every level for everyone gets trained in this shit now every town every police force every school and they blew their training out i mean that's what that dude the poor sacrificial lamb that they sent out in front of the press corps to explain hey this is what we were supposed to do and this is what we did do right the policy now is to charge in and none of those people had the gumption or the balls to go actually face an armed with an AR-15. It's definitely... And, and yet but their colleagues did know to crash through windows on the other side. So I don't get how you've got you know, 19 people standing in a passageway while in the adjoining classroom, there are students that are suddenly uh, being allowed out through windows that have been crashed open. I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know, but all I can tell you this, if you're telling me there was a cop with a kid in that classroom, that explains a lot to me. Well, they got those kids <laughs> out. my kid. I don't care what my job or my superior was saying. They got if those I was kids out. In front of that classroom, it's that window's getting broken, dude. That's exactly yeah, right. They got them. They got their kids yeah, but- out. A lot of those same police, we just saw the video that they were keeping the actual parents from doing the very same thing. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, the other Why the double the standard? Yeah, that is yeah. a double standard, right? Why were some parents yeah. in the police force allowed to go and save their kids, but others were not? Look, these are important questions. We don't know the answers, but there's a lot of bad news in the story, and there's a lot of tragedy in the story. And we know that there were kids still alive during that period of time, there were nine or 10 kids still alive in one of those classrooms when the kids themselves were calling 911 and the teacher was calling 911 and the cops were on the other side of a door, 19 cops, and they didn't respond. 19 to one? Yeah. 19 19 to one. And you've got, even if you have service revolvers, these tactical type 
they're just high performance weapons. They have more velocity in the cartridge that the, the round has more velocity behind it when it hits the human body. But 19 on one means slingshots will do a pretty good job there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're talking about being able to get somebody from all sides. They can't survive that long. You can stop the murder of children and they didn't. Yep. These are really tough questions. I want to share with you, well, but maybe she'll get it settled. Hey, we learned this during COVID. Sometimes you have to multitask in brand new ways. And sometimes you have small kids. There's just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich emergency. These things yeah. happen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's almost that time for Hamilton to come around and <laughs> get out of uh, school, um, you know, get out of work hug. Eric, you'll appreciate some of this, I think. I understand why there's a reluctance to believe that there's some sort of conspiracy here. There is no conspiracy until one is proven. But there are so many questions that need to be answered about this. And the school itself is really interesting, right? I mean, you've got, it's connected at the front and the back. And you see there's like, there's a passageway at the front of all these classrooms. And then there's these like six or five classrooms here. They're also connected to each other with some sort of back door. There are two entrances likely to every classroom. There's windows on either side of every classroom. They were standing behind one door? Yeah. I, That's I, right. I, 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 uh, no, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that. And, and they're afraid. I don't buy it. You got an 18 year old with no training. There was some you're... gunfire early on when he first came in. There was some gunfire, but no one was injured. A couple he, of cops so got he allowed crazy. to. He loitered for what? 10 minutes outside? 12 minutes, I believe. I completely his actual with a Daniel defense rifle. Mm -hmm. That thing, that's not a little like you know, pocket uh, for your purse, uh, lady killer gun. Mm -hmm. That's uh, I mean, have you seen the pictures of the weapon we're talking about? I'm aware of what it looks like. I mean, these are very big weapons and they're very powerful weapons and they're used in war, they're not used for law enforcement. And I get that, but even some of these police officers that were there, the initial approach, they had AR 15s, they had the same weapon. So I don't understand what would have made them not feel confident enough with 19 people to go into a classroom with multiple entryways. Why would they stay outside? Sure, we're imagining the worst of the worst situation here. It's probably not as nefarious as any of this, but it's just you have to ask these questions. Here is that shooter loitering outside. I mean, yeah. with obviously what kind of weapons they had that doesn't clear this up at all, because you know what? In a close quarters, urban combat like setting, police are trained for that and to use, you know, multiple police officers against one assailant like that with pistols. They're trained for that. Mm hmm. This is where he crashed his car. This is the um, funeral center across the way where it, this was 1128. He crashed his car and then he shot at two people at the funeral center. So they called 911 right away, as you'd expect them to. And uh, so at 1130, police get a call from the people there who had witnessed the shooting. He then proceeds, and I'll throw this up here for everyone to read. So then he receives the 911 calls. He crashed the car and fired on two people. At 11.40, the gunman then walked towards the school, climbed the fence, and shot at the school from a parking lot. He appeared to have entered the school through a door that was unlocked. So this is interesting. At 11.27, a teacher, this is one minute before he arrives, a teacher props open the door. Why? Why is a door propped open yeah. at 11.27? Then yeah. at, it doesn't make sense. Why? Yeah. Why? Do you have any, can, can you fathom an idea of why just be a minute before? You know, and, yeah. and, and were they there still when, the, when he crashed the car to know that maybe they should close it again because someone just crashed a car into a ditch at the school? 
And then at 11, so then these, these other troopers, they're able to go and get through these windows and rescue their children from the classroom, while all these other parents are at the back being told they can't go anywhere near the school. Then there's a whole bunch of confusion. 11.43, the school announced on Facebook that it had, was locked down due to gunshots. Uh, the students and staff are safe, it says, in the building. 11.43. 11.44. Oh, officers... Students and staff are safe in the building. Yeah. Huh. 11.44, officers that finally. It doesn't seem that all, all that safe. Does not seem any way to the rest of this communication. It's just, it's just kind of shocking. Um, so at 11:44, officers from the Valda Police Department and the School District Police Department arrived four minutes after the gunman into the school, according to Escalon, who offered unclear statements about how close those officers got to Ramos. And first said the officers were inside making entry and took cover after coming under fire. He then said they don't make entry initially because of the gunfire, which is true. Who knows? At the exact time that Escalon has said officers attempted into the building and then retreated after being fired at, a resident said his own Facebook post, this is his own Facebook post, said that there was a shootout in front of the school. So was there a shootout? Did they enter and then confront a gunfire? Or did they not enter at all? We're just shooting at home. Yeah. At 12 p.m., some children, we've shown you those pictures, are allowed to leave. And then at 12.06, the school published another alert on the lockdown. Again, the students and staff are safe in the buildings at 12.06. They're not safe. There's 19 kids that have been killed 12 17 11 yeah. minutes after that however it was updated with this message as an active shooter at robin elementary Law school there's ah, a lot shit. you know fuck, we forgot oh that's right they're not safe there's actually somebody uh, yeah. murdering people in yeah. there i mean oh it's appalling um management that of doesn't any... read like incompetence to me that reads like uh competence it's something that's not very nice yeah you know the other thing is you know who, you know, it's Rick Perry, who ultimately uh, was in charge of all the hires in the senior police department over there. Not exactly, not this particular, maybe it wasn't this particular police department in this town, but the overall police, big guy who was there today, McCraw, something like that. He was a Perry. The department of, uh, Texas Department of Public Safety. Yeah, yeah. He was a Perry hire. Rick Perry has challenges. Rick Perry was the guy that some people thought was involved in stoking the insurrection. There's a lot of questions about Rick Perry's funding, about where it comes from. You know, there's just issues that need to be addressed. These are serious questions around Rick Perry and his funding and where he comes from. Maybe there's some mob alignment there. Who knows? The same people who fund Rick Perry also fund Mansion and Cinema. Give you an idea of the landscape. It's not as clear as we might think that this was just, you know, procedures that might have not have gone around. And then Trump himself was very close to the border police, right? That was his thing. His studies were in the wall building border patrol. Yeah. Um, and of course, what would go on at these borders? Uh, a lot of human smuggling, a lot of drug trafficking, a lot of gun trafficking. I mean, there's a lot of room for corruption Lots. around there. A lot. Which is why I think what the prosecutor was really referring to about not knowing what's really going down in that town is because these are probably... Look where it is. It's right at the border. How much smuggling is going on in that border town between people moving, as you point out, humans or, or drugs or whatever? There's, so there's a lot to be understood here. And the, Now, are, I don't know if you followed some of my uh, stories about the uh, child sex trafficking in Texas, that uh, there's a child sex trafficking recovery facility that was under the auspices of the state that turned out that they were not so much for recovery as for repurposing. They were sex trafficking children. And you know who was uh, warned was the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety. Texas DPS was warned about that. Mm. You know, the feds have had to step in. So 
even at the immigration camps that the kids were being kept at, for, you know, during the new regulations around immigration and asylum, kids were separated from their families. We are not really uh-huh. sure what happened to those kids. We're not really sure. We don't know if all well, the kids we know are there. some of them weren't kept safe. We yeah. know that. Yeah, we do. They are starting to do payouts and settlements with some of these families, and they are substantive numbers. They are substantial amounts of money. I mean, what is going on in Texas with children? And then they have this abortion law and then this NRA thing there. That's just crazy. So Monday, you know, there was a report that came out from the Health and Human Services Department, the federal government, about it expands on uh, the Missouri foster care problem that they have. And it was about 47 different states. And one of the biggest states that loses foster kids and often to child sex trafficking is Texas. Mm. Mm. So um, there's people who are, are closing in on those networks. Yeah, it sounds like it. I don't understand how they square that with the right to life. I mean, that to me is the most troubling thing here is, you know, there they are introducing all these abortion laws and women can't have any abortion and they have to travel out of state because they, they care about the sanctity of life so much. And, and then you get thin out the voter rolls. It's something that happens that, you know, abortion is something that happens. It's medically necessary in many cases. And you just take anybody involved in it who reads books and whatever, and you just throw them off the voter rolls because now they're felons. Done. Mm, so right. uh, it's a very gross way of gerrymandering, essentially. Right. Well, I mean, Texas has a lot to answer for. Certainly the timing around this and the NRA meeting with Donald Trump there. It's all very troubling. And, you know, and also the, the story out of Buffalo, where we now know that the shooter there, the, the white supremacist shooter, had apparently given plans to a former federal agent or on a chat room that he had been in contact with on a regular basis. And this federal agent either maybe didn't receive it, and maybe he just didn't do anything about it. Or maybe he helped coach him. Who knows what went on in those chat rooms that they became so friendly. So now you've got a, a federal agent from guess where? Texas involved in the Buffalo shooting potentially and having awareness around the shooting there um, ahead of that. These are questions we have to ask. When you see something, this stat that's a data, this information that we have way more shootings in the United States than anywhere else in the world, way, and just a long shot, there must be something going on that's not natural, that's encouraging those things to happen. It just must be. And I know it might upset people, but it's just don't see how there's another answer to that. You know, it's funny. It's like you had the George Floyd thing came up just around the time that the Trump administration wanted everyone to get used to the idea of federal agents who were poorly identified in the streets in case the election didn't go the way they wanted. Isn't that interesting? I mean, some of these things, if you look at the chronology, the time clustering here, and then the sudden disappearance of these things make it sound like it's endemic. But when you get something where somebody's on site to do a live stream of the thing and people play their parts, it's, you got to ask, you know, why is this happening and why is it happening now? Yeah, you mentioned the clustering. This is from the Financial Times. This, this data is a bit misleading because they changed it from four to three people in terms of uh, the number of fatalities to qualify as a mass shooting at around 2013. So keep that in mind. It's why you see a little bit of a bubble here. But in 2004, just before this expands over here into from a sparse couple of shootings of the year before, um, that's when they allowed the automatic rifle ban to lapse. The Republicans allowed to suddenly... Bill Clinton had introduced that and as a result of the Brady shooting. And so there were no automatic rifles available until 2000 and 
before when they were suddenly allowed again under George Bush. And look at what happened in the years after that. This is a trend. I mean, then look what happens as Obama is elected. And then look what happens when Trump is elected. These, I mean, I'm not, I can't predict that all these things will say that all these things are directly related, but ever since 2015, there's been a very, very, very big move. Um, much, you know, much just a large amount of shootings. It is what it is. So if there are, if this is beyond correlation to causation, that's something that the DOJ and Department of Homeland Security uh, will tell us about. But um, at this point, it's the only time will tell. But, uh, you know, we're not saying, just to be clear to everyone, that there is a conspiracy. We're not saying that at all. But we're raising questions around whether all these questions around the police response and all these other factors that we've been citing tonight, that they need to be looked at it as a totality. And we need to understand why they all happened before we take the possibility that it was a conspiracy of some sort off the table. It might be an outlier of a possibility, but it may not be. We certainly have to ask that question. Um, did you want to update no, people on the Sussman trial? I know we're, we're almost out of time, and even that's a shorter show. The, um, the defense has asked for him to be acquitted, even though basically it came out that, yeah, he lied. And Anyhow, we'll see that next week. Uh, it's... Um, we have a lot of powerful interests that are coming in for accountability all about the same time. And like I was saying, I'm not saying this is an op, but if it's an op, it's an effective op to yep. get people, you know, feeling very disturbed about uh, what's happening in the country. Yeah, under, I'm certain uh, it's, president. it could not have been any worse a situation. I don't can't imagine a worse a situation than all these things happening at exactly the same time to compound such a horrific event. Well, that's the after show. It's a shorter show tonight. I apologize for all the technical challenges we had, but I'm glad we got a chance to at least get all of this out tonight. Um, we want to remind all of our viewers that, um, first, we're very thankful for you joining us, and we're very thankful to all our patrons who make all this programming possible. You can join us at patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's the only way we get to continue to make these programs, and every cent that you uh, donate goes right to the program, and we really appreciate everything you do to make us survive keep the lights on in here and keep up reporting going that's the after show have a great weekend everybody and we'll see you again on tuesday narrative is made possible by viewers like you you too can support our independent journalism by going to www.patreon.com forward slash narrative.